Denial is the most predictable of all human responses. Conspiracy theorists of the world unite. He is refining his methods. He is evolving. There have been other times when a danger upon the world required the services of singular individuals. There are, of course, those who do not want us to speak. Are you like a crazy person? I'm quite sure they will say so. French Radio. Thanks for joining in, guys. Episode number 22. What the 22 episodes, guys? I mean, that's a lot. Well, not really, but we're getting there. Thanks for joining in, everybody. Tonight we have a great podcast. We got a guest on the line, and his name is Dylan Sicosio, and he's an author, actor, but a very, very, very interesting individual. He has a lot of interesting things and, and opinions about the false reality that we live in. We're going to talk about all that here in a second. But let me enjoy Jimmy real quick. Jimmy is just, man. Mm-hmm. Very rare where you have music that actually holds up to this day. So, I mean, that's what you got right here. Well, anyways... Again, thanks for joining in on the episode. We'll have stuff to talk about tonight. And we're going to get into all that. Wanted to remind everybody about the social media, as always. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter, uh, Facebook, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play. All you got to look up is Dark Fringe Radio. And um, you're going to be able to get all our information um, on all those platforms, I mean, uh, we're we're available on all those uh, different platforms. And um, if you could do me a favor on the Twitter handle uh, on the Twitter side, if you could give us a five star rating and liking on that, and also give us a comment. And um, if you could do that and subscribe as well, I mean, that's just going to help us out and uh, help us, uh, you know, grow this podcast and able to get advertisers and so on and so forth. And and also all in all, improve the overall podcast for you guys as well which enables me to get, you know, uh, guests on this uh, podcast um, and, you know, overall give you a better experience. So if you could do me that uh, favor and go on to the iTunes and do that for me, I would greatly appreciate it. But uh, for your Android users, go on Google Play, look up Dark Fringe Radio. Uh, we're available there as well. So for your Android users, we're just as re- readily available. Um, also, we're on Instagram. So um, I'm always posting some kind of um a uh, cool photo or beam or something like that on there. And um, if you could share all that information on any kind of that social media uh, to your friends and family, uh, people that you think that might be interested in this podcast, please 
send that out to them and, um, you know, do me that favor. I would appreciate it. Um, so, you know, um, we have a great podcast for you tonight. Um, a lot of things to talk about. We have um, the uh, author, Dylan Sicosio. Uh, here in a second, um, I wanted to um, also bring up an item regarding a um, a live podcast that I'm going to uh, be planning on doing here in the near future, probably within the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to be doing a Facebook live podcast, and I'm also going to be doing an Instagram podcast. Um, and I think um, that's going to be, uh, you know, be able to reach a lot of different viewers on different platforms. Um, but I need an idea as far as what to talk about on those um, those podcasts. So um, anything that you can direct towards me, I would greatly appreciate. Um, you can send it to me in an email uh, at thedarkfringe at gmail.com. Again, the email address is thedarkfringe at gmail.com. So just shoot me over a quick email. Anything that you might uh, be curious uh, to uh, listen about um, on our podcast, I'm actually contemplating on bringing on a psychic on our podcast to do live readings for uh, live in callers. So that's one possibility. So anything at all that you think um, that might be, um, you know, a positive or uh, an uh, entertaining uh, podcast uh, for you guys, um, please send it my way and I can take it under consideration and, you know, possibly use that idea for the uh, the live podcast. So that's something I wanted to talk about. And um, I also have an idea to bring on a, a friend of mine who is uh, very deeply involved in the political scene um, in various fronts, especially on the uh, women's side, on the Me Too movement, the women's liberation type movement. And, you know, it's it's something that's very important uh, that's going on currently, especially with all the stuff that's going on. Um, and that's something I think I'm going to bring on on a weekly basis here in the next couple of weeks and uh, bring in uh, my friend that, uh, you know, like I said, is uh, highly deeply involved in the political scene. Um, I particularly am not. I uh, I always exclude myself from that uh, whole uh, circus, but I do like uh, getting a perspective of somebody that is inside uh, that, that that circle. So again, that's another thing to be looking forward here, uh, looking forward to on the podcast here in the future. So um, yeah, there's just a lot of crazy stuff happening in the news as always. Um, you know, you had uh, Andrew McCabe who resigned as uh, FBI director uh, this week, and it's just you know another representation of how this administration is just really taking things for a uh, uh, to another level. I mean, it's just uh, pushing the good people out, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to deal with this for the next, you know, whatever allotted amount of time is that we have this particular president power. But, um, you know, it is causing a lot of discourse with people. It's dividing a lot of people. There's no unity anymore. And uh, that's the sad part. And, I really don't know what to make of it anymore. It, it, it's very sad, but um, you know he had to step down as deputy director of the FBI. Um, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, play a little quick clip here, very quickly, just to you know, give you guys a synopsis of what's happening there. Uh, Pete Williams in our newsroom with a big shakeup at the FBI. A big one, but an expected one, Andrea. This involves the deputy director, Andrew McCabe, who, uh, as you recall, was acting director when James Comey was fired. And now he's back in his role as the deputy director with Christopher Wray in charge. Uh, he's been the subject of repeated criticism by uh, President Trump uh, because of the activities of his wife running for uh, office and getting contributions from a political group associated with Hillary Clinton. Um, and the, there were questions about whether he was neutral, therefore, in the investigation of the Hillary Clinton email investigation. And, of course, uh, the FBI has always insisted that the two are separate. Nonetheless, this has made him a target of some criticism. 
Um, I'm backing into the news story here, Andrea. The news is that he is stepping down as the deputy director uh, sooner than anticipated. Uh, he has made no secret of the fact for several years, in fact, well before President Trump was elected, that uh, he would leave the FBI when he was eligible for retirement, which in the FBI is a combination of age plus time in service to the Bureau. Uh, he would be eligible for that in mid-March. His plan is to leave the FBI in mid-March. That's always been his plan. But now the new thing here is that he is, he is stepping down in his role as the deputy director uh, he has enough time in the Bureau that he's acquired a uh, considerable amount of leave. So he'll, in essence, go into a terminal leave posture here um, and uh, continue on the FBI payroll as the original plan was until the time of his retirement. But for now, he has decided to step down in his role as the FBI deputy director. Uh, no reason is given here. Uh, we can we can speculate on maybe why he wanted to do this, partly uh, perhaps because of the criticism from the president and partly because perhaps he was anticipating the report from the inspector general, which is the Ju Justice Department's inspector general, which was started well over a year ago and now shortly after the inauguration that the IG would look at how the FBI conducted the Hillary Clinton email investigation. And uh, undoubtedly, he perhaps is uh, anticipating that uh, his name will be prominent when that report comes out. In any event, Andrea, uh, he is moving forward, his plan to step down as deputy director, always intended to do it here coming up shortly, but has moved it up uh, by a month or so. So, yeah, there you go. I mean, uh, another representation of the uh, deterioration of our society, unfortunately, in the political scene. So, um, again, Andrew McCabe stepping down as de deputy director of the FBI. So, um, anyways, um, enough about that crap. Again, uh, we're going to be talking to Dylan Sicosio here at a very interesting, um, introspective uh, conversation that I had with him. He's a very intelligent guy. I couldn't say enough uh, positive things about this uh, this person because, you know, he's not looking for attention for himself. He's just uh, basically presenting information to uh, you know all of us and and letting us make our own decision. Just you know, pretty much like what I do here on our podcast. You know, I try to you know present this information to all you listeners, and I try not to give too much of an opinion on. Um, whether I believe or do not believe in certain things. And it's really not for me to say one way or the other. My main concern is to present this information and um, give it to you for you to make your own determination. My biggest thing is to do your own research. And I always say that. And um, I say, do not just believe in just something somebody else said. And I, I that's the worst thing you could ever do, uh, in my opinion. So... For me, I would say try to make your own opinion on something based on the, the, the research that you have put into, not somebody else. So uh, I will leave it at that. And again, um, if you could, again, follow us on uh, Twitter, Facebook, all the social media stuff. Again, at Dark Fringe Radio. Uh, we're always available there. Oh, of course, I forgot to mention the website. <clears throat> Excuse me. The world's loneliest website, darkfringeradio.wordpress.com. Uh, please go on there and check out uh, any of our uh, stuff that we put on there. Uh, we try to keep that as current as possible. But, uh, yeah, you can check out all that information there as well. So, again, I'm Will Martinez, and I hope you guys enjoy the interview with Dylan Sicosio. And uh, we're going to bring that to you next. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm.
My guest tonight grew up in Boston, Massachusetts, in Providence, Rhode Island, before moving to Manhattan at 18 years old to pursue his career as an actor. He moved to Los Angeles at 20 years old temporarily before moving there permanently the following year. In his never-ending journey to attain his highest and best self, he explored many different avenues. The economic crash of 2008 jolted him to awaken from the American nightmare of being a gangster for capitalism and began writing. Among the many screenplays he wrote, his magnum opus, The Tale of Honora, a series that is a metaphorical tale of his life, his latest book, Spirit World, The Definitions, is also a look into the false realities, constructs, and the deep generation of the so-called truth movement. Please welcome to Dark Fringe Radio, my guest, Mr. Dylan Sicosio. Dylan, how are you tonight? Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Well, thanks, man. And uh, listen, I... I want to thank you for taking uh, you know the time out of your busy schedule and uh, you know taking the time to talk with me and um, I found your work online on Twitter and I found you very interesting, Dylan, because um, you have written a few books. You're also an actor, and we'll get into all that here in a second. But um, you've written a you know a series of books, um, the Tales of Onra or Onra Onora. Is that correct? Onora. Onora. Yeah, Onora. Okay. Onora. It's a play on the word honor. So um, you're 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 kind of both right in both ways. Ah, I see. Okay. And you know, I um I see, you know, you wrote these two books and um they were very interesting books because you uh kind of took a kind of a, a a different you know, you took a different route than what most people would in a fantasy novel. You kind of, you know, brought in some of the uh the, the current kind of conspiracy theories that we're dealing with now and also, you know, kind of the uh, the false, uh, you know, realities that, uh, you know, that we, we have around us in our world right now. Uh, could you elaborate on that for me? Yeah, absolutely. So when I was writing The Tale of Honora, I was still very much a part of, like, you know, the Hollywood crowd. And, um, you know, the whole experience of coming out here is it's just been it's it's been surreal. And so when we I was writing that, um, it started with, you know, one of the things that people on TV shows and stuff uh, do is they they write their screenplays, but then they convert them into novels and publish them. And so even if they never get sold, you own the full rights once it's been published as a novel. So then when you sell the screenplay, you still retain all the all the notes. So I used to write a ton of screenplays, and this is one of the things that I I, I wrote as a screenplay, and then I converted it into a novel. And the idea of it for me is fantasy is the best genre to tell people what's really going on, but at the same time, you don't have to name names. The people who are aware of everything, uh, they can figure it out. And, you know, I'm not going to lie, Andrew Breitbart was knocked off in my neighborhood. And so he was calling out a lot of these, you know, satanic human trafficking, pedophile murderers that we got controlling this this paradigm right now and he died like right in my neighborhood and that i so it, you you have to be from my perspective you have to be very careful about what you talk about in regards to naming names and the, the more i i saw it and the more i was around a lot of these powerful people the more i realized that you know it isn't even important to name names it is i mean in the sense that like justice does need to be served to those who have violated others but the reality is the way this system is set up is it's so old it's so ancient and it's so it's such a well-oiled machine that you can take out any number of people you want and there are tons of people in the wings just ready to fill those spots and the m more i started realizing all that the more i realized that it's not the system necessarily and the people involved in it that make it so bad it's 
It's our level of consciousness. We feed it. We enable it. And everyone's always like, who's they? Who's controlling us? And when you really look into it, it's us. They don't, nobody controls us. We control, we create the world around us. We are all co-creators here. And so the, the stories that I, that I do with the fantasy novels are designed to empower people in a way that's um, not necessarily like, hey, telling you to do this, this, this. It's just, it's a story. It's my story that is of my life in an allegory. And then I incorporated my favorite, um, some of my favorite stories growing up in video games that kind of touched upon what's going on, but they never really explained it. And, you know, obviously one of them is Legend of Zelda. Some people uh, break my balls about me plagiarizing that. But when you look at the, the Legend of Zelda, it's telling a very specific story right down to the Highland Eagle on the back of his shield, which is the Phoenix. Oh, yeah. Where else do we see the Phoenician symbolism mm -hmm. all around us? Right. The American Eagle is a Phoenix. So there's a lot going on that we see in video games and the art. And, and for me, I feel like, uh, how, I don't know how old you are, but I'm, I'm 34. And I feel like our generation, when we were kids, there was all this amazing art that was like, kind of like preparing us for what's going on to almost like, fight against it or to almost kind of like be uh to help us fix the system and then i felt like somewhere along that line the rug was pulled and they just kind of abandoned us and went a totally di different direction yeah and so i wanted to kind of i wanted to keep that like mid 90s you know yeah. all those like cool <laughs> all those cool stories i wanted to kind of Bring that to the kids now because the kids nowadays didn't have what we had in the 90s. You no, know? you're right. You're absolutely right. And it's funny you said that because that's actually one of my very favorite video games of all time. But uh, not only that, it's all these things were given to us and, and, and kind of almost like hieroglyphics, but we didn't know how to read them back then. You know, it, it was exactly just, it was all hidden, but it was there in front of us. And, um, you know, I can definitely see what you're talking about when it comes to that. So, you know, let's jump back a little bit here, Dylan. Um, going back to your background, you know, you grew up in Boston um, and then um, also Rhode Island. Um, and then yeah, Providence. Providence, exactly. And then, Newport, yep. yeah, you moved over to L.A. when you were around 20. And, you know, that's when you started getting into the acting thing. Then you were always kind of like trying to attain a higher you know, level of consciousness during that whole time. Was yes. And a thing that I also um, you know read about you that, you know, the crash of 2008 that was kind of like almost a catalyst of you kind of coming to an awakening for yourself and uh, kind of kind of coming out of this cocoon that you were in. Uh, can you elaborate on that? Yeah. So when I came out, I was at, at such a better place spiritually, except for the fact that I had the Hollywood hoax or I'm sorry, the Hollywood hex that like, you know, everybody who's successful is nice and like wonderful and you know like just go out there and be a good person and be passionate about the craft and you'll make it and all this other stuff and you know it's funny because like i love you know playing guitar you know before, you know back in our day we actually had to learn instruments we didn't have these like a uh, guitar hero and uh you know rock star so i used to do that with the chili peppers records so i was like oh i'm gonna go out there I'm going to just meet the Chili Peppers and I'm going to play in a couple of Chili Pepper concerts and jam out with them. I'm going to do the, you know, be in films. And, you know, the first month that I came out to L.A., I'm meeting like John Frusciante and like, you know, like literally like manifesting everything that I wanted to manifest. And I got involved um, and I, I really think I can use this experience to help other kids uh, who come out here following their dreams. I got involved with some people that, at the time, I didn't know how sinister it was. 
because what ends up happening is you'll meet somebody and they'll be like, oh, you're in, uh, you're an actor or you're a music. I, I'm a producer. I, you know, uh, you, my friend's having a birthday party this weekend. You should, you should pop by. You know, hang out, meet some people. There might be somebody that can help you. Might not be, but at least you can have some fun, all that stuff, and uh, network. And so you end up going to a lot of these parties and meeting these people. But what ended up happening is years later, when I was getting around so many of these predators, I met another guy who also was running around with these people, but we never, he and I became friends, but we never crossed paths, even though we were hanging out with some of the same people at the same time. And we found out that the guy that uh, invited us to these parties and stuff, he was on people's payroll. And what they do is they have all kinds of predators, like networking with like young Decent, you know, I used to be decent looking when I was younger and they try to get you, you know, it's like how they get like their, their, their fresh meat. It's like a totally predatorial environment. So anyway, while I'm working, I'm mingling with the Hollywood crowd. I'm also trying to figure out a way that I could be self-employed. So I got my realtor's license. I ended up working in, uh, uh, fi the financial services for a little bit, trying to get into that under a mentor who was a former CFO of a major company that if I said, everybody would know. And so I had access to like the banking world, uh, the top realtors at the time in sales wise in LA were working at my real estate office. So I, I had, I was around them and then I was around these Hollywood types and I was able to see the revolving door around everything. And so at the time it's hard. It's hard to explain this to somebody who's never had like, uh, who's ever, never followed their dreams. But you work your whole life. You're so driven, and that blindness, the drive, it, it, you overlook things that you would not overlook if you were calm. So like, you would never go to a party if sketchy people were involved or if you didn't feel right. But then when you know there's famous people there and stuff, it's like, okay, you know, I'll go. You you just do little things that you wouldn't otherwise do when your red flags are going up. And that was kind of like, you know, in the financial services world and, and they, they, they kind of teach you just put like the blinders on like horses and just don't worry about how the system works. Just go make the money, you know, be enthusiastic. Don't, don't ask questions. And leading up to the crash, not one friggin' person saw it coming. Or if they did, not one person told me it was right. coming. So it's like, how could you have all these people with all this wealth, all these, you know, multi-millionaires, the amount of money some of them are making is obscene. And not one of them said, hey, get your clients out of it. You know what I mean? I yeah. mean, I guess that's like insider trading and stuff. But you think in the firm where it's all kind of like closed lodge systems anyways, you know, it's all Freemasonry, you know, a, you know, society lodge systems anyway, mm -hmm. just the business. You'd think somebody would be looking out for you and nobody was looking out for us or the big fish were looking out for themselves, I guess. But that crash started, it really, I, I was just like, why? Why did nobody see it coming? Why did it happen? And the more I looked into it, the more I started seeing how dark it was. And there's really, it, you can't really explain it in one word, except unless you use uh, a Native American word, an Algonquin word, which is Wateko. And it's a spiritual parasite in everybody that's like it's pure greed it's it's this uh, it's really hard to articulate but it's it's none of this stuff was by does uh it was not accident no I, I there was people that you know yeah no listen i i totally believe that i mean you have to look at it from face value when you have the their own people 
you know, betting on the paper itself, you know, falling, that's when you know you're you have a problem. When when they're actually, you know, hedging bets on if the paper is going to perform well or not and knowing that it's not. So, yep. you know, w- once that happens, you know, you know the cat's out of the bag, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. It's at face value. And you're absolutely right. I, I totally, you know, get what you're saying. I, I lived through that myself, so I know what you're talking about. Um, now, in these books, um, what was the inspiration for the books? I mean, I know this this whole thing happened, uh, you, know, the, you know, the 2008 crash. Um, but was there anything else besides that that was, um, you know, a, um, a you know, mechanism for you, you know, coming out with this book or an inspiration for this yeah. book? Absolutely. And it ties into what we were just talking about, because the more I looked into it, Mm -hmm. the more I started seeing how I was a part of it and that nobody's really to blame with my problems start and stop with me. All of our problems start and stop with us. And when you learn that, well, if once you learn how everything works, then you could start coming up with the conscious solutions. And so that was the uh, impetus for the book is to now encode the conscious solutions in the book so that people who do read it can get, you know, um, can get those foundational axioms of consciousness, which kind of leads to what we were going to talk about, the, the systems, the constructs within constructs within constructs that we create that cut us off from nature. And the reality is when you look at this system, the reason it's so messed up is it's totally illusory. There's nothing real. And so if you want to get out of something that's fake, you you don't try to navigate a fake system at the same level of consciousness in the fake system. You raise your consciousness and get back out of that. And you do it with real wealth, real friends. You get off the Facebook and actually have real friends, not people you just met online and they liked all your stuff, but you start integrating with your neighbors. You start... Um, you get real food. Stop eating the fast food. If it's man-made, it's garbage. Nature creates it. That's what's right for you. You can go to your local farmer's markets. If you don't like the tax system, go to your local farmer's markets. You're paying cash. You know, there's all kinds of great solutions that we can do, and they're already around us. But the convenience of the illusory systems is what ensnares us. And so my the goal with the tale of Anora, and I'm almost done with the third book. I've just, it's just it's twice as long. It's really long. And so in a good way, it's action-packed, but I'm still working on that. But it's basically the whole point of the, the books is to encode all these solutions that I learned and then also encode them with the sacred science that I was privy to learn in um, my studies. And then people can use that to teach uh, their kids in a fun way. And for those who don't like fiction, I write that um, Spirit World series. And the first one is The Definitions. And that's actually just coming out, throwing punches at everybody. Yeah, and, I was you know, going to ask just, you about that's that. That's the real. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that seemed like to be like the nitty gritty. Like if it was like the adult version of you know the other books. Like if you yeah, wanted to get the that's it. The, you don't the, want any stories. You just want the true. You know, you want where these symbols and stuff come from. There you go. That's yeah. the first one. It's like the NC seventeen version of the other books. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, that's yeah. That's exactly what I wanted to ask you about the uh, definitions. Um, and know, so that's a word that uh, Russell Pine. I believe can't put out there, you know, uh, Jordan Maxwell that people call him now. Right. Uh, he came up with that a long time ago and it's, it's green language, which is the definitions, deaf Phoenicians definitions. Cause all of our words are phonics. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you, the- yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. And I saw the play on words when it came to that. Is that the, um, and I, and I saw you kind of elaborate and kind of, uh, attribute to this as well. Is that, 
also in relation to language of the birds, does that have some, something to do with that as yeah, well? Yeah, with uh, um, Falconelli. Yes, 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 yes. All this stuff. This this stuff. This is like so. Like when you see Jordan Maxwell, and Jordan Maxwell has done amazing things. I'm not a big fan of his his later work because I think he's had too many tough breaks in life. So he's very cynical, and I think he puts out a lot of stuff that. Uh, it's kind of like abandon hope. There's no stopping this. You know what I mean? Where yeah. it's like, no, I wouldn't be doing this if we can't change it. We can, can we can change this tonight, baby. You know, you got to stay positive. And so all these, a lot of stuff he got, he got from books that are hundreds of years old. Like, I mean, I, I don't know how he found some of this stuff, but there are books out there that have been preserved and they teach this stuff. This is a real skill set that the average person looks at and goes, you are a freaking like, schizophrenic or something looking into all these words and where they come from but there is in fact as uh, Kyron Lass does in his YouTube videos there's something called the golden web and all these languages they they are they they have systems they are very similar and they are created by the priest and king classes interesting you also suggest in the book that um we're kind of living in an alternate reality and that's the whole obviously the crux of the book breaking away from that false reality. Is that correct? That, yeah. I mean, when you look at it, nowhere is this more prevalent in our legal, quote-unquote, legal system. Nothing's legal about it because it's done under uh, Will Martinez law, martial law. <laughs> so it is martial power. It's basically what happened is martial law can't be broken down or can't be ended unless it's through a formal treaty. And so then I always ask people, what's the name of the treaty that ended martial law after the commercial conflict known as the Civil War? And people go, what? And they look it up and it's like, is, are you kidding me? Is this like a joke? And then they get it. There's no treaty that ended martial law that was imposed upon us. So in, in the Act of 1871, you start seeing this conversion of a natural country or nation, whatever you want to call it. And they're turning it into a legal fiction, into a corporation. And then when they created the U.S. birth certificate system and Washington, D.C., giving jurisdiction, uh, D.C. has jurisdiction over the U.S. citizen. So they got rid of the American citizen, which was unconditionally sovereign, absent contract, meaning they had the exact same rights as a king or a queen. Now they got us agreeing through contract to be U.S. citizens, which are civilly dead entities. And so this whole system, when you're born... They create a SESTV uh, trust, and that's basically um, – it's a trust that you're the co-beneficiary and the co-trustee of. And anytime they get you in the business, in the world of commerce, they're, they're tricking you to agree to pay on behalf of that trust. So that's why you need a license when you drive. That's why you have to have your car registered, your property registered. These were all issues that were settled in the real America long ago. You had a right to travel with your property. And this is back when they had horses and buggies and stuff. But that was the general argument is do you have a right to be encroached upon while you're traveling with your property? And so when a law enforcement officer who operates under uniform commercial code stops you on a, a highway or something, they're getting you to admit or enter into a contract that you're engaging in commerce. The problem is it's not done through a meeting of the minds. So this legal f uh, system is super uh, complicated and it's, it's designed to be that way. And what you have in all these courts are kangaroo courts. They're maritime admiralty courts, which is the law of the sea, not the law of the land, which is common law. And people think that's a joke, but do you have a trial by jury or with jury? By jury is common law, with jury is maritime admiralty law. 
and we have with jury. The judge doesn't have have to listen to them, and the judge isn't even a judge because they're making quote-unquote judgments on statutory law, and statutes are penal code, and penal code is penalty. This is why words are so important. Once you understand what a penalty is, it's a one party's forfeiture due to their inability to uphold their end of um, an obligation in an agreement, and an agreement is a contract. And so back in like the 1800s, they ruled on this, that anytime you have a judge uh, making a judge, quote unquote judgment or ruling on a statute, that judge is ceasing to act in his uh, you know, governmental public capacity. He's now acting in his private capacity and he's no longer a judge, but acting as a mere clerk who is administering policy on behalf of the institution or the agencies involved. And so this shit that they're doing to us is stuff that they'd be put to death uh, for under common law. But because we don't have common law because of martial law, that's why this stuff is allowed. They can do whatever they want to us until we officially end martial law through treaty. Hmm. You know, that's funny because I've heard that I've heard that um, that theory once, uh, you know, you've you've had a birth certificate issued to you. Um, that birth certificate is owned pretty much by the U.S. government, um, a.k.a. also owned by the U.K. government, because that's who actually owns us. Um, well, it's it, important that we we spe- specifically it, the, it's owned by the District of Columbia, which is a corporation <clears throat> that's owned by the city of London is another corporation, not to be confused with London, the physical city. The city of London is a square mile legal fiction, and that's owned by the Vatican. Yeah, so it all goes back to the Vatican. So that's that's where it all comes back to, huh? Mm-hmm. Roman civil law. Marshall. That's that's Romulus and Remus. And that's what's so funny about your your name. <laughs> and like like it's just it's perfect. You couldn't have a better name to be involved, like looking into this stuff. Yeah. And Check this out. This is where it gets interesting. Please. So uh, the reason – so basically going back to who owns – what in that city of London, all lawyers under this system are attorneys. They're bar licensed attorneys. And what's the bar? It's the temple bar. And so the crown temple going back to Zelda, which is in this, uh, it's the only place in uh, the city of London that does – it's totally free from this, that temple. That's where the Templars come from. Yeah. Well, crown is Cronus, which is Saturn, who is father time. So literally the crown temple is the temple of time. You see how Zelda is tying into this again? Oh yeah, I see it. And so they were called the Templars because they were uh, a member of the clergy that specifically studied the administration of judgment. And this comes from Latin where tempto and temptulum mean to explore as applied to the space in the heaven looked at by the augurs, which are diviners by birds. And what they would do is they'd mark off the um, s- sections of the sky, which is essentially astrology, the temples, the templums, and that they do that with their lit, uh, lit use, uh, the lit tuius. I forget how to say that word. And basically where this system comes from is – it means the hill of Mars because the Templars, that Aries is always in astrology in the sacred science, is the first temple. It's the temple of the Most High, which is why Mars rules it. And in Aries, which marks it off, that's the real start of the Roman, the real calendar, the real year. It's where the vernal equinox is, where God, the sun, 
judges the whole world in equal light. The nights and days are both equal at the vernal equinox. And that's why the hill of Mars, the temple of Mars, the Lord of hosts, the most high is in Aries. And Aries in Latin means ram because it comes from Rama in Sanskrit, which means the most high or elevated. And then that comes from the Greek system. So before they went to, to Rome, they came from the uh, Greece, ancient Greece, and that's where it was called the Hill of Mars. But Mars back then was called Ares, A-R-E-S. And so that temple, the, the ruling body of the nine archons in Greece was called the Areopagus, which means the Hill of Ares or the Hill of Mars. So this is a very old system. And before that, in Egypt, Ares, A-R-E-Z, means the sun because the sun in the sacred science is exalted in Aries, the most high, hmm. the gate from the east that God doth enter from. So it sounds like we're talking about the golden web again. Yeah, but it's, it's yeah, it's, it's not just language. It's, it's everything. Yeah. It's and am- so once you, no, go ahead. Sorry. No, it's amazing. I mean, it's just amazing how it's all tied in together. I mean, yep. it, you know, you're talking about Egyptian mythology, you're talking about Greek mythology, you know, it all it all ties in together because, you know, you have all these stories, but they're all stories that are all mirrored, mirrored within each other. And so it, it just it's amazing to me that how people just don't see this kind of stuff because it's right here in front of us, but we just kind of ignore it and we just call it mythology. When we think of mythology, we think of, oh, that's just some story written in a book. But, you know, yeah. What, what is well, it? I just think that's a byproduct. I think it's unfortunate. Like what you're saying, I think the reason people don't see it, it's not because they're stupid. It's not because they can't see it. It's because they're so bogged down of just trying to survive in the system. They've never been given the opportunity. You know, like I was very fortunate to be able to see how this all connected. Not everybody has that experience. Some people, you can't find this stuff sitting in a cubicle, you know? No, you can't. You're absolutely right. I've tried. Listen, I, I've tried it. You know, that's what I've been doing for the last five, ten years. I've been looking into all this information and, you know, I'm slowly learning about all this. And, you know, that's why I'm, you know, bringing people on here like you, you know, to help me and also other people who are looking to, you know, really learn about the truth, you know, about the constructs that what we live in and how, you know, much of a false reality it is that we are living in. Um, you also said that this is, you, you said they, you know, this is something that we've talked about and, and people always ask you, they, they say, who is they, right? That's the, that's the number mm-hmm. one question. And you said they is us, right? So what are we, what are we doing as, you know, the layman's, the, the, the blind with the blinders on, uh, what are we doing to, uh, you know, constantly perpetuate this? Is it through social media? Is it just through, you know, what we're doing on everyday life? Is it through politics? Well, is it everything all above? What is it? It's so simple that people are, they're not going to accept how simple it is because they want something complicated like the system. But it comes down to natural law. And all violations of natural law stem from one spiritual law that's being broken, which is in, you know, in the Christian ideology would be thou shalt not steal. But the real spiritual law is don't steal. Every time something is violated, it's because some form of theft has occurred, whether it's theft of someone's freedom of choice, whether their freedom of, to, to, of their, their body, you know, like mandating vaccines or, you know, anytime you, you violate free will or cause harm to another, you're committing an act of theft. And so we are ourself, we are perpetually fulfilling this disgusting disease system by us not understanding at a deep level. And this is where my biggest challenge came from. Um, And I credit this to Mark Passio, who kind of called me on my bullshit, which is, you know, you want all this like freedom, you want all this, uh, 
you want everybody, you want to live in freedom and abundance, but then you're participating in a behavior that enslaves, tortures, and murders beings of lesser consciousness. And so that's what really got me looking into the whole meat eating thing. And I saw how much of a hypocrite I was where I'm trying to get freedom for all of us, but then my behavior is perpetuating a system of animals being enslaved. And so what we do, when you look at the law of correspondence, which um, goes back you know, to the hermetics and stuff, and it's really simple. You hear people misquote this all the time, but the law is, as it is above, so it is below, as on the earth, so in the sky, the outward doth from the inward roll, and the inward dwells in the inmost soul. When you understand that at a deep level, we can't have freedom as long as we are in t- doing the things we don't want to be done to us onto under other beings of lesser consciousness. And so that's how we're participating. We are, nobody put a money, uh, a gun to our head and said, hey, put your money in the bank or take out this mortgage. Uh, nobody put a gun to our head and say, hey, go to college and take out $200,000 worth of debt for a job that won't be there when you get out. Nobody put a gun to our head and made us do anything. No one's saying go eat McDonald's and fast food because you're too busy to cook your own food or to grow your own food or whatever, you know? And so when you, it's, it's all of, we're get constantly giving our power and responsibilities to other people. And then we're shocked that these other people abused the hell out of us and, you know, took advantage of it. But it's like Voltaire says, freedom requires responsibility, which is why most men dread it. And so, you know, you just got to get back to the the natural controlling yourself, your own thoughts, your own emotions, and your own actions. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Now, if somebody was, uh, you know, interested in learning about the truth and, you know, they're not too sure if it's something that's right for them, you know, they, mm-hmm. they may have, you know, wanted to read your, you know, read your book and they've read your book. And, you know, what do you think is a perfect example, you know, of for somebody who's on the fence and you were, were to say to them, what is the greatest lie that we've been told and that we can give an example to that person who may be on the fence to kind of convince them to say, hey, listen, this is a perfect example of what we've been told and what we've been lied about. Is there anything that you could maybe give me? Um, I would say that, well, it's interesting cause it's not, it's not coming. It's not all the same lie. We're getting so many lies that it's, it's hard to keep track of, but definitely one of the biggest lies is this idea that we have, we are not special or that we have like come from, you know, unintelligent ancestors or, uh, you know, that we just like evolved from like the primordial muck and, you know, we're, we're, we're on an insignificant speck of dust that's common. There's a millions of other earths with, you know, these temperate zones that life can exist on floating through this infinite galaxy, everything they, they spread to us. And this is like why, you know, for me, it's not a surprise at all when you see all the, the lies and stuff that NASA perpetuates. And the technology is so good now that everybody's debunking them within minutes of them dropping stuff. But what did they name their moon missions? Apollo. Well, who's Apollo? The priests of Apollo are the uh, Druids. Who, what, what kind of wands do Druids use? Wands made of holly wood. Who, where did they come from? The priests of May. Uh, the priests of Apollo are the Druids, are the Magi of Persia, are the priests of Anu in Egypt, the Brahmins. From It goes all the way back to Hindustan. Mm. I mean, so when you know these solar cults, 
you know to not the, the reason this symbolism is important is just to keep you from getting hexed mm. but the biggest lie going back to it i think is just the idea that we are insignificant we don't matter this is just a, a an experience cater to your animal carnal nature what do you care what the consequences are that's what's programming it that all these false ideologies we hold of just service to ourselves and me 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 uh, you know like hook up with a bunch of different people, don't worry about whose hearts you break, all this stuff. Eat all the bullshit you want to eat, do the drugs, do the, you know, you know, pharmakeia, which is the Greek word for sorcery, where pharmacy comes from, specifically involving drugs, sorcery and witchcraft, if you will. And they want us to just do whatever we want, satisfy our demands, never conquer the lower nature, and live in that animal plane, rather than realizing that, you know, the human being is the peak of material consciousness. We are exactly in the middle where the spirit world meets the material world. And so that's like when you see this sign, uh, like Solomon's seal, that's not a Jewish symbol. People always demonize that. You know, No, that comes from Egypt. And Solomon's seal is probably one of the most beautiful uh, two-dimensional representations we have. It belongs to no one, and so what you have is the upside, the right side up trine. The triangle is the blade, which is fire, and that's um, spirit, male, masculine energy. And then it fits in perfectly with the chalice, which is the inverted trine, which is the womb, the material world, mother, mater, negative, positive for the fire, negative for the matter. They all blend in perfect harmony and that's what it is as above so below the universe what we live in this construct is self-similar across all scales and so regardless in the scientific world or you know anything that somebody presents to you that breaks these simple natural laws then you know it's bullshit like one of them is gravity gravity is something that nobody can actually prove you ask somebody like neil uh whatever disgrace tyson what gravity is he's like we have no idea it can be measured blah 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 <laughs> but they don't they don't they can't tell you what what causes it because it's totally predicated on something being so big that it, it has to be a certain mass spinning before gravity actually can be kicked in and the universe just doesn't look like that you can set, look at nature and how the plants work and you'll see that it's electro electricity electromagnetic you have dielectricity and magnetism producing electricity electricity begins where magnetism ends you have space and counter space you have um charge and discharge you have centripetal and centrifugal forces and um the third one is you have uh um oh man i'm so unprepared i don't even know uh space counter space centripetal centripetal Discharge and charge, and uh, uh, that's another one of the movements. Uh, I don't know. I'll think of it later, and I'll be like, it'll be like later on tonight. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> okay. you have all these things that can be observed in nature, and so if it can't be observed, then you're believing it. And so, like, that's what I loved about your work is you're just like, just research it. If it can't be observed, it's not real. If you can't produce the results in an experiment, if you can't show us anything in the experiment, well, then you're leading people astray in mathematical equations, the things that Tesla warned about. You know, It's just equation after equation after equation, and you're all, it's metaphysical 
you know, philosophers rather than actual real science, but they're calling themselves scientists. And the reason I'm passionate about the occult and expo and just enlightening people what the sacred science is, is because the science is beautiful. And when you see people perverting it, then you can call them out on that bullshit. And you're actually perverting the sun symbolism. You're perverting all the good stuff that was, you know, that made that, uh, all that, all that stuff that the ancients worked so hard to get. Now they're using, uh, for selfish gains. And that's, that's the very definition of black magic is using high magic for selfish purposes. Yeah, that, that makes sense. You know, and let me, you know, uh, c further compounding on what you were talking about here now, you know, some of the tools that are required to start kind of, you know, stripping yourself of, you know, these blinders that you talk about in, uh, the definitions, um, are, you know, partly to do with the occult magic and the language of the birds. Now, could you elaborate on how we could use those things, you know, to do that? Yes. So all of this stuff is not required. You don't need to know any of this stuff. Like as awesome as I, you know, like I wrote the book to save people thousands of hours and decades of their life so that they can then not believe anything, but, um, just have good foundations to then where they can go and build off that knowledge because people once they find this stuff will see things that I could have never saw because they're at a different level of consciousness than me and then all of a sudden we're all helping each other build off this amazing syncretistic uh, it's called syncretism it's seeing this, all the connections of everything all the major religions all the sciences they're all based on the same thing which is the astrologos the real science that nobody can pervert which is the science of the stars and so, and that's when you study magic, that's actually the pre the theoretical magic is the knowledge of astrology. And, um, oh, by the way, I remembered it was convergence and divergence. That See, was the fourth thing. It came back to you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Also, but, so like, like, no, I'll go ahead. One thing I wanted to mention too, um, Dylan, is that when I mentioned the occult, you know, a lot of people automatically revert to thinking, you know, satanic worship when we're talking about the occult. That's not the case. Yeah. So, you know, so and I, yeah. And I, I know you're going to elaborate on that, but I just wanted to make sure people realize what we're talking about here because, you know, good call. Yeah. A lot of people, once they hear that word, it's a funny word. You know what I mean? It's one of those weird words that just kind of, you know, gives you like a tick. You know, you hear that word, next thing you know, you're thinking satanic. So I want people it's to. It's like, it's like anarchy. When yeah. you hear the word anarchy, most <laughs> people are like, oh, lawlessness, right. craziness. And anarchy just comes from the Greek prefix an, an or a, which means to be without. Right. And then archon, which is a ruler. Right. So it just doesn't mean no rules. It doesn't mean no government. It doesn't mean no laws. It just means no rulers. No ruler. We're all in this together, equal. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, but go ahead. I'm sorry. And, and so occult comes from the Latin. The root of it is oculus, which means I, and then it comes from the Latin verb occultare, which means to be hidden or to hide. And so something that's occulted, it just means it's hidden. And people are like, well, I don't want to look. I had a guy today that said, I don't believe in the occult. But it's like, so you don't believe in things you can't like that are hidden from you? I, it's like, it's hard for me to understand. But going back to what you said, the reason it's important to elucidate on that or nucleate on that is because... The, if you were to ask 50 people what occult means, I guarantee you at least 40 of them would say some form relating to what you just said, evil, Absolutely. satanic. Absolutely. And they do that on purpose. All that stuff, Satanism, that's another one. People say, oh, Satan controls this word. Satan just comes from a Hebrew word that means adversary. You know, it, it, in, in astrology, the sacred science, the adversary is always the sign opposite to the house that the sun's in. 
to the sign that the sun's in. So, you know, right now we're in Capricorn and the adversary of Capricorn is cancer. That's why that's the manger of the goat where the sun is born from, you know, when it's when it rises from the winter solstice, that's Capricorn. The you know, the most high is the solstice in the summer, the summer solstice in uh, June 21st. And so these are, that's why, you know, who rules Capricorn? The the goat, Saturn. Satan, Saturn. And so it's like they're looking at all this astro astrological knowledge that's encoded in these texts, and because they're not taught how to read them, they're perverting it. It's, oh, Satan's this devil god, the, the Baphomet, and all this other crazy shit that they're going nuts on. They don't realize that this is all symbolism. And to tie this into what you're saying, like, you know, like people who are on the fence and looking at my book, well, what, why is this stuff important? Because tonight, we couldn't have picked a bet. Like, it was a very good night. When you, when you talk about magical works and doing great works and speaking the truth and all that stuff, people, when they do magic, it's the most important thing to be aware of is the position of the moon, which, how, which mansion it's in, which, um, which of the malefics it's affected by, which are Saturn and Mars, and which of the benefics it's affected by, which would be uh, Venus and Jupiter. Those are like the good things. But if, you're, if your moon's trying to one of the benefics, like Venus or Jupiter, it's going to enhance what you're doing. Tonight we lucked out. There's no effect on the moon from Saturn or Mars. So there's no bad energies affecting us. There's no, it's not trying to Jupiter or uh, Venus, but... It, it, the moon is in Sagittarius right now, which is a humane sign. It's a sign that's great for good works, and it's trine with Uranus, which is uh, Uranus or whatever you want to call it. I don't give a shit. It's a, it's a spiritual planet. <laughs> and so uh, this Uranus kind of sounds a little yeah, you know, yeah. freaky. Uh, no, but you said but Sagittarius because that's my sign as well. So that's kind of – there we go. No way. I swear to you. God. December 18th. <laughs> you can't make this shit up. December 18th, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, that's so funny. So yeah, so uh, it, it's a great sign. And, and Sagittarius is representative of that. That uh, it's the mutable fire, which means changeable. It can be that those those arrows are the arrows of thought of the higher mind, and that's what he's firing. And where is the arrows pointed at that Sagittarius is aiming at? The heart of Scorpio and Taurus. So you're literally pointed at firing the higher minds to transcend the lower sexual nature of Scorpio, which then would make it would, if you conquer the lower nature, Scorpion, the sign of Scorpion becomes the white Eagle. And so that's when you, what you have encoded in, in the riddle of the Sphinx. The Sphinx has the body of the bull, Taurus, the paws of the lion, Leo, the wings of Scorpio, of the white eagle, the ascended sign of Scorpio, not the perverted one, and then the head of man, which is Aquarius, the new age, the aeon of Horus, whatever you want to call it. And that's what we're in. We're in the aeon of Aquarius. And so all the good works we do, especially with like all this fire stuff, people like you and I are particularly fed by this age because air feeds fire. And so when you know all this stuff, that's that's the benefit of the knowledge in in my books and and and, and it, you don't have to read my books and you can get this stuff anywhere. I just tried to compile it in a way that's digestible and can get you brought up to speed 
in so in a very least amount of time. It's very dense, and that's what we need here. Is we need more people seeking and speaking the truth because the reality is we are all co-creating this reality. That is it. That's the truth. We. That's why the laws of attraction don't work if you're just trying to be a selfish person. It's not as simple as, and you know, they used to brainwash me with that. You ever heard of that book, The Secret and all oh, that stuff? Yeah, yeah. We used to have secret parties. Oh, I know. It, it, I mean. Can you believe that shit? I almost got pulled into it, Dylan. I almost did. But I, I, I just, there was something to me that just told me, no, I just can't do it. I can't let go. It's smart because it, what it is, is it's that, oh, just imagine yourself holding the leather uh, wheel of a nice Range Rover, blah, blah, blah. And it's just all this material, disgusting thing that it's getting you to cater that rather than, no, if you really want that stuff, you have to go build relationships. That money and wealth is not just going to appear to you. You have to do work of getting like, if, you know, if I wanted, if we wanted to create something, you and I both have to be on the same frequency to do that. We can't just be like, oh, I want to, um, I want to build a boat and you're like, no, we need to build a jet ski, you idiot. You know what I mean? Like we have to be co-creating together and aligned in our same uh, thoughts, emotions, and actions. And that's what the real one eye of the optic thalamus means is when your thoughts, emotions, and actions are in unison, then you're actually creating. So you think, so you feel, so you act. And that behavior is what determines how fast you manifest things. And the people in these secret societies have a hive mind. Because they all have a singular goal, even though they can break off in their own separate things, the the cult has one goal, and it's self preservation. When you look at it, and that's why when and that's another thing we need, we should probably talk about real quick. Satanism has nothing to do with the worship of a deity of like a masculine demon god. I'm sure some people pervert it that way, but the major tenets in the ideology of Satanism is simply. The first being self-preservation above all costs. The second being moral relativism, the idea that you get to decide what's right and wrong because truth is relative. So what's right for you is, is right. And what's wrong for you, you know, it might change tomorrow. But today, if it's right for you, go get it. It doesn't matter who you fuck over. Then the third major tenet is social Darwinism. And people need to pay attention to that so they know where Darwinistic evolution comes from. And that's the idea that people are where they are in their lots in life because they were born with better pedigree in their, gen in their DNA or their genetic code. And it leads to this crazy other thing, the fourth major tenet, which is eugenics. And that's the idea of manipulating the populations and their own bloodlines to breed with only the desirables. And so that's why they're obsessed with preserving their own bloodlines and intermarrying. And in my opinion, it's just an opinion. I couldn't prove this. I'm not a scientist that's ever done this experiment. But I think what you see with all this psychopathy is a direct result of people inbreeding. And that's why they're producing kids who are psychopaths mm. and don't feel anything because there's something wrong. You're not supposed to inbreed. Diversity. Nature's diverse. Yeah, that, that's a that's a you know interesting take. And you know another thing that I've I've noticed that we've done as a society too. You know, I, I see, I watch TV every once in a while. I don't like to watch TV because I just don't like to take in nonsense. But um, I saw a commercial for Ancestry.com the other day. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I just looked at that and, and I was like, you know what? That's just a great way just to basically get everyone's DNA. 
right? You know what's funny is if somebody might actually say, oh, hold on, I got to go get some tinfoil out of the kitchen and make a hat out of it. But let me tell you something just to back it up, just for your audience, because I, I love this stuff. So anyone's trying, thinking about ridiculing Will, I want you to go to this website. Where is it? Look up, just Google search oral micro, M-I-C-R-O-B-I-O-M-E database. And you will see that they are actually, in fact, keeping track of everybody's DNA through their saliva. Yeah, I don't want that. I don't want somebody keeping track of my DNA through my saliva. I mean, I don't think people realize that the, the liberties that they're giving up when they're doing things like this. I mean, it seems, you know, when they, they show it on a commercial, you know, Dylan, they show it all nice and pretty. They show like a butterfly flying around and, oh, you want to know, <laughs> know about your history. You want to know about, you know, where great, 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 great grandpa came from and da 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 But then I'm like, you know what? That is just a... That could be so wrong and used in a wrong way. I mean, I, I hate to think of it like that, but there's that's that's very possible. I mean, it's very very possible. Absolutely. I mean, think about what you just said. The butterfly was it a monarch? One ruler? It was a monarch. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it was be. a monarch. It was. You're right. Uh, and what col- color is the mo- monarch? It's orange, which is represents thirty three in, in numerology, and orange is the cult of Nassau. The cult of death. It's the that's the Dutch royal family, and so you see all this. And I don't know if that's what the commercial was, but I'm just saying you see all this stuff. It's like it's a giant dot connected, and like the whole picture is pretty traced up, and you can kind of see what it is. But everybody's like, no, that's not it. That's not it. They're not. They're, no, I can't. You know what it is? Because people can't. People. A lot of people are good people, and they don't. They can't imagine that someone else would be that bad. They can't imagine that someone else would be that wicked. Like, did you really dream up this stuff? Like, this is, you know, and that's like one of the things that, you know, where is that coming from? Is that coming from aliens, demons? What the hell makes up this type of thing? But when you realize that it's just a lot of psychopaths, they don't, they don't look at you the same way you look at them. They look at some people the way the same some people look at animals. Couldn't care less. So what? I need to eat. I don't care if that thing's enslaved and going through pain. Whatever. Just worry about your family. Yeah. Don't worry about, you know. It's so scary to be, though. It's so scary to be that people are like that in this day and age. And But I, I do think, I personally believe that we are in a stage of awakening. Um, I see more and more people looking into the non-traditional and the more esoteric teachings. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. do you think that is true? Or do you think that's just another layer of the so- construct that is created? Again, I, I just want to remind anybody who listens to this and you yourself, I would not be doing this if I didn't have a very happy, positive outlook that we can change this tonight if we want to. That being said, I'm not seeing a spiritual awakening. I'm seeing um, what, like, it's, it's, it's kind of like where everybody was when, I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm ahead of anybody, but this is where I was. Let me just show you, like, there was a time, like, when I first started looking into the banking system, and I, you start learning about fractional reserve lending and all this other crazy shit and that the Federal Reserve is a private entity and everything's a private ent- – it's a private corporation. They're all acting in a private corp- capacity and none of this is legitimate. <laughs> you start seeing like, oh, fuck, it's the banking system, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, you know, And you go crazy on that. Then you learn about the healthcare, then you, whatever. You learn about everything and it's, a, it's like a pseudo-awakening. But then what happens is – you're not learning about how to take care of your own body. You're not learning how to get your body spiritually right. You're not learning how to, uh, you know, so I don't see a lot of people going through what we were just talking about with 
how does my behavior, how do I stop focusing on they, who they are, and them, and actually start taking control of this construct that God or nature made for us and programming it to a way that I see fit. And people, like I said, I don't see them taking control of that. I see people um, blaming others, blaming dark occultists, blaming, you know, and I, I do agree there are some people that need to be brought down and this situation will heal itself. They're kind of like, they kind of correspond to like the candida in your intestines. You know what I mean? Like they're like spiritual parasites. Yeah, vampires. But, you know? Yeah, they, they need you to feed them. And if you start eating food that they can't eat or heal yourself and you stop feeding them, they starve to death. And their system starves to death and collapse under the weight of its own um, depravity. So I'm, it's not that I'm not optimistic. I'm very optimistic. And I know the system can be changed fast. And it can be changed on all scales. But it does require people becoming more responsible and aware in the spiritual awakening and stop causing harm to each other and other beings. There's nothing in nature that you, you know, I, I would just go out in nature and look in the wilderness. Where does it say I have a right to kill anything? Anything. You know, that being wants to live too. That being is getting its own spiritual evolution here. And it, and you know, it even changed the way I treat, I used to kill bugs when I'd see bugs in my house. The spiders, I'd be afraid of them because I'm in LA. I don't know what the hell is poisonous out here. So I kill everything I saw. And now I have a totally different philosophy where it's like, wow, that thing exists exists and I didn't create it. I didn't endow it with life. It actually, it, it deserves to live because it manifested whoever made it or however that happened. I don't know, but now I treat it with respect and I, I put it on like a, you know, a piece of paper towel or something and walk it out to my porch or whatever I got to do to set it free and give it another chance. And when we start treating each other with care, we will start nourishing each other, building each other up. You know, like, so instead of somebody listening to this uh, conversation going, oh, you know, that Dylan Sicosio, he's an idiot, he's an arrogant asshole, blah, blah, blah. You say, you know, he's right on certain things. He had a bunch of stuff wrong. But, you know, at least he's trying. Hey, why don't you look into this? It's all about constructive, being constructive. You can still criticize somebody and say what they're doing wrong without tearing them apart. You know, like right now we have this Yelp culture where it's like, People who produce nothing don't know what it takes uh, to create anything of value, don't know what you have to do in the editing process and creating your radio show. And they'll just come on and just say, oh, that was that sucked or blah, 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 that, you know, whatever. And they'll just they'll literally interfere with you making a living for yourself for no reason. And that's what we have to change. We have to say, you know what, it's fine for me to go on my own blogs and trash whatever I want and give my opinions. But on, on avenues where people rely on that to make a living, if you're going to diss them, you should be constructive about it. And, and the reason I bring that up is I just had a conversation two days ago about a, with a bartender, and he was telling me how he helped open this bar, this restaurant, and he was like, I worked on this thing for like, you know, 30 hours, or I forget what, 30 days, something like that, 30-something. He was like, I was designing the cocktails to fit the menu, and the once we went up on opening night, the very first Yelp review we got was somebody left a one-star review saying the lemonade there sucked. And it's like, you didn't have anything to do with the restaurant or the bar program or anything. But people will see that one star and they'll be turned off. And that's just the way consciousness and perception works. So we need to take responsibility. And, you know, I, I guess I'm sensitive to it because I've seen a lot of artists get destroyed. I've seen a lot of promising people get chewed up and eaten out. And we just need to be, we need to exercise care. You know, if someone's coming at you, go ahead. Say whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. But 
don't go to someone else's platform or don't go to someone else's house and shit on their property, you know? Yeah. Don't go disrupt other people's, the value of their work just because you didn't like it. Just because you didn't like it doesn't mean it's not good. No. I don't like all music. Exactly. And there's means no reason for you to shit all over it either. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And, yeah. I, I've always said that. And, and if you don't have a, you know, a positive thing to say about it, don't say anything at all, you know, just keep your mouth shut. The problem is, is that, you know, we live in a society now that everybody can hide behind a handle, a Twitter handle mm -hmm. or a Facebook handle, and they can say whatever they want. So, you know, now it, it, it's a completely different thing where, you know, people have this voice and it makes them feel good. And, it, you know, once they see more people reacting to it, it's kind of like almost like a virus. It, you know, they, they, they become attached to it. And they say, oh, let, let me see how many people I can get to like this comment. Or let me see how many people I can get to react negatively to what I'm saying here now. Just to, you know, create more followers and more, you know, drama. You know, I, I, that's that's the world that we live in, unfortunately, you know, Dylan. And I, I just wish people would, you know, look past that. And, you know, stop, you know, like reposting things. And, you know, it's nonsense. It's just you know, utter nonsense that, you know, people do in, 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 in these times, especially with the social media stuff. I mean, you see it every day. It's just complete nonsense. And, yeah. And we're all, we're, we're all dealing to a degree. We're all dealing with our own self-loathing because this system is so cruel to us. You know, like when you're like a little kid or you're playing a music, you're just starting off and you're not that good. You know, you don't say to a little kid, you suck. You're nothing like, you know, Ariana Grande or whatever. Whoever's a fan. I don't really watch anything. I just see stuff on social media. <laughs> but like whoever's the, like the hot in type of music artist, picture that, uh, 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 the Beliebers, Justin Bieber. That's a good one. You're nothing like Justin. You can't sing like Justin Bieber. You can't play guitar like him. You suck. You know what I mean? You don't say that to a little kid. You encourage them. It's okay that you can't play that song, but just keep trying. You're going to get better. And I think we need to take that, uh, you know, keep trying. And anybody's an artist and listening to this, don't give up. Keep trying. You learn. You make mistakes. But guess what? You always get experience. Experience is the one thing that you will get and you can build off of. And there's no experience lost ever, even the bad ones. You can learn from it and – Every moment exists for you to turn everything around and change uh, what you're doing. And as we do that, we'll start treating each other more like family, right? I don't like everybody in my family, but I love everybody in my family. You know, there's some people I don't get along with, but that's okay. I don't sit there and like, you know, curse them out and like treat them like garbage, like they're not human, you know? And I think the more people create, and this is the problem is we have a society right now where it's a very, it's very, um, service oriented and it's very like just task oriented and very people are not given a lot of leeway to create products and to create things and so you have the society of people who is not growing because they're not creating anything and that's why i tell people even if you don't play even if you don't want to be a professional at anything do some arts do something right play music um sing do anything you can that will give you some sort of ability paint where you can look back on life and say, oh, I created that. Because as you start creating, even though it's little by little, eventually you develop a portfolio. And you're like, wow, I actually created a lot. And that's going to be here long after I am. And that gives you a feeling of satisfaction. And you feel confident. And right now, I see a lot of people who are not confident. I see a lot of people who hate themselves. That's why they talk to everybody else the way they talk to themselves in the mirror at night before they go to bed, which is more self-loathing. And that's, that's why, that's actually what I think is behind all these elites, that I think they don't like themselves. They hate the way they look because they were born into families that inbred, so they're ugly as hell. 
and they're, they, that's why they're obsessed with like, we need to make a better race because they don't like themselves. That's what I think. I could be wrong. but As above, so below. That's right. <laughs> it all goes back, right? Yep. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, Dylan. Listen, you, you totally blew my mind tonight, and I'm so happy um, that you and I can sit here and have this conversation. And I just, you know, I hope people can come, you know, and listen to this conversation and come away with something and, and, and you know, spark a little interest in their heart and their mind uh, to look into things like this. And because, you know what, you can sit there and bitch every day and all day about, you know, what's not going right in your life. But if you're not doing anything to fix it, you know, it's, it's, it's a, you know, it's, you're beating a dead horse at that point. You know, there's nothing that you're doing right to, to help yourself. So there's a word for that. Go ahead. Malcontent. Malcontent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And follow your dreams, you know, follow, like Dylan said, follow your dreams. If there's something that you do, you know, even if you're young or even if you're old, you know, if you're, you're an older guy like me, you know, you know, approaching your forties, deciding to, you know, do a podcast, you know, when it comes to stuff like this, do it. You know, I mean, that's what prompted me to do what I do here. I mean, do it. I mean, there's there's no reason why anybody can't, you know, do what they want to do. And I, I push anybody that if they have any kind of aspirations and dreams, no matter how young or old you are, go for it. You know, do whatever it is that you want to do. Um, and, and I've always been an advocate for that. So, again, Dylan, um, if more people wanted to find more information um, about you and, and your work, where, where, could, where could they go? Well, I, yeah, for me, I don't really um... – I don't really want people knowing about me. I, you can like it's nothing. It's nothing there. I try to just let my work speak for itself. Of course. Um, you can find my books on Amazon or any major uh, like BarnesandNoble.com. Uh, Spirit World is spelled. It's spelled weird because it's phonetics. Spirit uh, is spelled normal, but World is W H I R L E D. And then the definitions D E F space. Oh, sorry, D E A F space Phoenicians and. Um, to add to what you were saying, you're a hundred percent. That is another. You just you asked me earlier what like the biggest lie was, and I and what you just touched upon is another one of the biggest lies mm-hmm. that you're ever too old to do anything, or that your ship has ever sailed. There's going to be t- every friggin' day that you are blessed with to wake up. You got some. You got another day, and that's um, going back to as above, so below. Look at winter, summer, night, day, life, death. It all corresponds to it. That cycle, knowing that cycle, you know that every day that you wake up is a whole nother day. And all that exists is now. And so you are never too old to follow your dreams or to do what you're passionate about. You are never too old to um, come up with a different strategy or change careers. Yeah, it's difficult when you have responsibilities like kids and all that stuff. But you can do stuff on the side. Don't let... Don't let anybody tell you you can't do something because as that great quote, I don't know who said it, everything was impossible until somebody did it. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's so wonderfully put. You're absolutely right. It, you know, I couldn't have said it any better. To me, I always I see people look when they're older and they say, oh, you know, I, I should have done this. I should have done it. But all these days that go by that they should have done these things, they could have been doing it. And that's what bothers me the most. So, um, again, Dylan, if they wanted to um, get information on your books, everything's available on Amazon. Is that correct? Yeah, everything's available on Amazon in, in, or Smashwords if you don't want to support the, the CIA Amazon who censors everybody's <laughs> yes. anyway. Yes. Uh, the, the clowns in America. I'm glad you said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, of course. I mean, no. Listen, right now it's the meat, it's the prime rib of the uh, of the book world. Everybody goes through that, 
But there are other options like Smashwords, so I make my books available there. And uh, through Smashwords, once you publish on Smashwords, things go up on every things from like i iBooks or whatever to to Barnes and Noble. Um, and the, the the paperbacks come from CreateSpace too. So I think you could probably go down to your local bookstore and just have them order it for you because uh, it has it has distribution options for that as well but yeah and you don't have to get any of this knowledge from my books you don't have to support me in that regard just look into some of the stuff we're talking about and expand your expand your awareness because knowledge increases like it, it, it increases everything in your life and once you could look at something and be a very intelligent person but if you the more knowledge you have the more you'll be able to interpret with that symbols and everything is a symbol because all the symbols are eventually when you break them down they're all frequencies that are projecting uh, archetypes into your mind mm -hmm. then some of that is ancient archetypes that you're not even aware of that just is in your dna from being you know being descended from people who have been here for thousands and thousands of years yeah so you know Never give up seeking and speaking truth, but no, don't believe. No. If you don't know, just say you don't know. But don't ever believe. That's the worst. That's, That's the worst state of consciousness. Yep, absolutely. Do, Do your research. Believe, in my opinion. Do your research. Right, Dylan? That's right, man. All right. That's, that's right. That, the pure will of Mars has spoken. <laughs> well, Dylan, listen, thanks so much again. I, I'm smelling a part two in the near future. Um, there's so much more yeah, I, I know that we could talk about. Um, you know, this hour just went by. It, it flew by for me. And um, I'm sure we could probably talk for another two hours and get a lot of information out. But I definitely want to um, keep that, um, you know, that door open for you. Yeah, if there's anything that I can do um, in the meantime to support any of your work, Please let me know, and uh, any of my listeners, please, um, you know, go follow Dylan's work, um, and uh, you know, check out those books. And if you really want to learn about, you know, getting those blinders off of you, and uh, kind of learning about the truth of the uh, the real construct of what you live in in these days, and it's it's a man, I, it's it's a, it's a tough one. It's very tough, and um, you know, look into this book. You know, definitely uh, definitions. Um, you know, Dylan Sicosio. Definitely, you know, check that out and uh, support all his work. Again, Dylan, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you, man. And, and likewise, if there's anything I can ever do to you, and, you know, it goes for everybody. I love helping people. If, I, if there's something I can do to help people, you know, if it's within my means, I like to do it because I know what it's like to be on the downside of, you know, circumstances. And, you know, anytime you got something, definitely tweet it at me. Uh, I'm happy to share it if it helps others and if it's your show, you know, I'm happy to help, but I don't, I, I do the whole, uh, I have a lot of followers, but I also follow a lot of people. So my timeline goes, but I very rarely see stuff. So if you want me to like share something that you've done, make sure you actually tweet it at me. So I get the notification. Duly noted Dylan. Listen again, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and we're definitely going to have you back on in the future. Okay. Yeah. Anytime. Right. It was a pleasure finally getting together with you. And it was a really, thank you for uh, providing this platform platform for people and thanks for being interested in anything that i did Absolutely. appreciate you and the honor you know the pleasure is all mine definitely on my end here definitely uh dylan so thanks so much <laughs> no it's mine <laughs> no no it's mine <laughs> <laughs> all right buddy all right dylan i hope thanks. you have a wonderful rest of your weekend enjoy your uh, martin luther king day you too as well thanks so much all right see you later And the clowns have all gone to bed. 
can hear happiness staggering on down the street. Footprints dressed in red, and the wind whispers very. A broom is drearily sweeping up the broken pieces of yesterday's life. Somewhere a queen is weeping. Somewhere a king has no wife. And the wind it cries very. This will be the last. 